All right, now we're recording. So this everyone's gonna get this part. <laughs> Asshole. I did I thought I hit record. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 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 39 of Botox with Big GM Podcast. Welcome back. We got some crazy ass stories to be telling you today. <laughs> That's, this, that's almost racist there. The, the how? But I like it. This is, this is not even remote. This is that's a speech impediment. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's Welcome true. back. This is episode thirty-nine. We yes have a very gut wrenching. What the fuck? This can't be real. Kind of story today. It's a terrible story. It's a horrible story. It's graphic. It's fucked up. And it's involving the guy right behind me. For everyone who's not watching, it is a large six foot three, 350 pound uh, man with dreadlocks. And he's a very sick fuck. Let me put it to you this way. One of his idols was David Koresh. And if you don't know who David Koresh is, I don't know who what kind of rock you're sleeping under. Well, here's the thing. David Koresh, for the most part, people know him for what he stood for. Right or wrong, the guy believed in something. something. Anti-government, pro-Jesus, not in favor of the law, whatever. This guy is just a sick person. He should he, not be alive if he still is. He's fucked. He's, he's, he's a fucked up dude. He's yeah. not... He's not on uh, any stretch of the word a cool guy. No, not at all. Yeah. It's, not at all. It's disturbing on many levels. Mm. But this is what we're going to be doing. Go ahead. I'm just saying, and the thing is, you know, we, you know, the, the story is going to be put out. But what we were talking about initially when that dipshit didn't record. That's my fault. What? If you are willing, or if you even want to come on the show, mind you, you don't have to talk. You can mute your mic. You can. You don't even have to put your mic on or your video screen. You want to be a part of the show? Just ask. We can hold up to fifteen people. It's Prefer- not a problem. Preferably, we would like to have a conversation, though. That's the whole point of this podcast. It's just a conversation. Now, mind you, we've had we've had many family functions that we've talked about a lot of stuff that is very amusing and entertaining. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just you're on a computer. And we have a lot of, front of shit an episode. to be talked at family functions. And that's also. all it is. That's all we talked about. You know who my brothers and sisters are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we talk. We talk and talk and talk. It's just fun coming on here. You don't even have to be a family member. There's distant friends. There's friends of our family members. There's people that we meet have met and are continually to meet along this process of being podcasters. It's all in fun, guys. You don't need to be afraid to come on the show. It's just you don't fun. need eyelashes or eyebrows. Let's go like that. Yeah, just put. Your, put <laughs> yeah, we don't need to see your faces. <laughs> <laughs> just put your mask on. You want to come on? You want to come on? Come on! It's for fun. It's for fun. It's free, and we'll just get get a kick out of it. Yeah, it's something cool. That's all it is. It's something. a conversation. And uh, oh, actually, hold on. Before we go any further, did you happen to watch that new Framing Britney documentary? No, I haven't watched that yet. I'm in the process of watching the Cecil Hotel with the 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 crime at Cecil Hotel, not the Zach Bagans one, but the one the documentary oh, on one. Netflix. Yeah. Okay, I haven't uh, seen that one yet, but I just I just saw Framing Britney last night, dude. I can only imagine. I feel bad. I feel so bad I, for that girl. Yeah, I thought she was going crazy. I mean, I still still kind of think no. she's going crazy, but she's living a she's fucked bipolar. up life. She's bipolar. She is the the definition of being used. Disney yeah. did not help that girl. Well, her, dad, know her they own talk- dad didn't help Exactly. I know. I know. I don't know the whole story. I haven't seen it. But even then, there were speculations. I'm sure Kevin Federline, if you're listening, pal, come on the show and we can talk about it. He <laughs> tell us a <laughs> lot of stories. <laughs> He's a Fresno boy. You know that, right? I just know. I just found that out right now. He's from Fresno. That's where him and his two kids live. No shit. Britney's kids. Yeah. Really? Britney's boys. Yeah. Damn. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, um, 
Yeah, so if if anyone hasn't watched Framing Britney let Britney I cannot this beer is killing me. If anybody has not watched Framing Britney yet on Hulu, I highly recommend it. It is pretty fucking good. And uh I think I'll I will be joining that 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 hashtag free Britney. Yeah, she needs to be left alone. I know everybody gives that little white boy shit for crying about free Britney. <laughs> he probably had it right 10 years ago well however long that was that was like 15 years ago dude that was a long time that was when that was when viral videos were actually viral leave that girl alone she just wants a normal life yeah but anyways back to our our show first and foremost this is graphic disturbing and gut-wrenching on many levels just so you know this isn't fun. This isn't a pleasant one. Uh, you barely even talked because I think you were just from your past experiences dealing with some people kind of just taking down a wrong trip of memory lane. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not make-believe. Shit like this is reality and it happens to people. Constantly. And, yeah, and it's unfortunate. You can only sweep so much stuff under the rug and Fuckers like this just like they're I said, sick. It, it, yeah, yeah. They're really fucking sick. No excuse and no other reason to say anything. Sick bastard. other than good show. I hated it, but good show. It next was a week, let's show. just let's next week. Let's just uh can you just read comic books every now and then? Com- you want me to just Pull- read a comic book? Just read something, dude. It's so much better than this story. Just anything. Well, I can't. Sh- I don't care. We'll navigate through a midget porn video. I don't care. Whatever it is, <laughs> uh, sir. Those are those. They are referred to as dwarfs. They hold battle axes when they when they perform sexual intercourse. Okay. It's more okay. than what I do. <laughs> <laughs> So, with that being said, this is episode 39, Marcus Wesson. Hi guys, welcome back to the Bulltalk with BJ Podcast. Guess what, motherfucker? Some of the information you are about to hear, some may find disturbing. I don't know who gave them this or who gave them the clearance. On the crotch. Oh my lord. Right there. Can we Google that? Yeah, that's what I thought. And then I oh. fucking stumbled down a dark hole and I love it. Great cake parties. So, you know, if I'm gonna believe anybody's bullshit, I'm gonna believe mine. It sounds uh, not politically correct, but you two motherfuckers need Jesus. All right, so this story is a story that um, I'm not gonna lie. You you may you may have heard it, but it is unbelievably disturbing. It's definitely true crime. It's got some maybe mysterious shit to it. Uh, Psycho, which is this guy right here. If if anyone's wondering who this gentleman is, I will get to his name in just a few minutes. Yeah, it's not Rick Ross. Definitely not Rick Ross, no. (laughs) Rick Ross, the rapper, I'm assuming. Because Rick Ross, the drug dealer, is someone who's far skinnier than rick ross the uh rapper that's freeway ricky ross that's right that's right all right here we go i already this is the gist of the story that we're going to talk about today march 12 2004 the fresno police was dispatched to west hammond avenue in fresno california they thought this call was just a regular excuse me a regular routine child custody call. Sadly, that was not the case. Instead, what they found was being at a standoff for almost an hour and a half and nine people were shot and killed. That dude, he killed nine people? Nine people. Now, here's the really fucked up part. The ages range, the oldest from 25 to the youngest at one year old. What the, what are his family members? We're going to get to it. This suspect 
this gentleman here was the father and grandfather of all nine victims. Okay. Get ready. I'm not, I'm not kidding. This is a extremely disturbing. Jesus will suck you dry. What an actual fuck episode of Botox with big Jim. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the vampire of Fresno. Marcus Wesson. Hmm. Okay. I hope it's not as bad as the vampire of Sacramento. This guy is. They're on their, they're on different spectrums. All right. All right. All right. So this guy, Marcus Wesson was born August 22nd, 1946. He was born in Kansas to his mother, Carrie Wesson and his father, Benjamin Wesson. He, Marcus, was the eldest of four kids. His father was an alcoholic. He was abusive. And to top that all off, he was a pedophile. Ooh, the trifecta. Right. (laughs) His dad, Benjamin, would flirt even with his own family members. Let me, let me. That's disturbing enough. Let me, let me repeat that. His father would flirt with his own cousins, his own nephews, and his own children. Oh, male and female? Yes. He, this guy was so twisted in the head that he even left home when Marcus was at, at a very young age, if I'm not mistaken, six years old, with Benjamin's nephew to live in San Jose and have a family together. Benjamin, the dad, and his nephew were living together and doing a bunch of crazy shit. His mother, Carrie, was a Bible thumper. She was a part of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Church. Adventist. Adventist Church. Now, from what I've heard and, and seen online, they are extreme when it comes to understanding the, the, the word of God. Like, you, if you don't understand it, you get punished which is what she did to her own kids. So when Marcus would not understand Bible verses completely, his mother would beat him with an electrical cord until he bled. Mm. Yeah. Those hurt, by the way. Oh, yeah, I know. So do, so I've do, been on the receiving one of them. So do, times. So do uh, BB guns. <laughs> My mother shot me with one of those. <laughs> and she says she truly loves her children. Oh, she does. She does. Oh, by the way, before we go any further, uh, what are you drinking today? Jack Daniels and Coke. Jack and Coke, the original. J.D. Out of a mason jar. A mason yes. jar. I'm drinking the Waterman uh, Waterman Snow Leopard Pilsner right here. Mm-hmm. Waterman Brewing Company over here in Elk Grove, California. It's actually really, really good. It's, it's very delicious. It's very smooth. So you were able to buy four packs of that at that uh, beer fest beer place? No, it was just it was just one. Oh, yeah, they, they only sold them by singles. Anyways, back into the story. By the early '60s, the single mother and her four kids then moved to San Bernardino, California. This is where Marcus joined the military. He was now older. He was obviously 18 years old, and he dropped out of high school to go into the military. He served in the army for two years. Once out of the army. And also, by the way, names will get confusing and titles will get confusing. I tried to write it down, literally hand, uh, uh, pen and paper. I, I got confused. So bear with me when it comes to a certain section and I will let you know when. Just call him dreads. It's not. It's trust me. It's going to be a lot more difficult than that. Wow. Oh. Marcus met, dreads. Dreads. <laughs> Marcus met Rose Solario and her kids in San Jose. He's now out of the army and he happens to find this woman. Rose was already married when these two met. But she cut off that marriage to be with Marcus. He saw this as an opportunity saying, you and these children have no direction. Now, keep in mind, she was already married to a man 
Okay. They had the, they already had a father, not that they don't need a father figure, but in his own words, he said, I can be that direction. I can be your shepherd. What are they sheep? <laughs> That's apparently what he thought. Apparently. Jesus. All right. Now also as a side note, little psychopath. Oh, it gets darker. I'm telling you as a pastime markers, uh, markers, Marcus would pretend to be <laughs> the beer is already kicking in. Marcus would pretend to play preacher. Cause like I said, his mother was a Bible thumping activist. You know, she would, preach the bible and she's very into it well i'm not sure that's the kind of role play i'd be into <laughs> well this is what he did as a kid and even after the army then in 1971 <clears throat> while living with rose the pair be become pregnant with their first child now keep in mind rose already had children of her own she had about six six jesus she was mexican latina she was a Latina woman. Yes. Don't discriminate though, sir. You can't you can't do that. You, you can't you where's can't, all the white women? You can't have <laughs> blazing saddles. <laughs> <laughs> they became pregnant with their first child, Rose and Marcus. Here's where shit gets starts to get creepy. As Rose was pregnant with their first kid, Marcus starts looking to one of her daughters. Her daughter was eight years old at the time. Her name was Elizabeth. He once told her, God has chosen you to be my bride, but because you are not of age yet, we must wait. This is all his saying. Hey, I... <clears throat> so he waited a total of six years. At 14 years old in 1974, Elizabeth married the now officially 27-year-old Marcus Wesson. But uh, after that, she became pregnant with their first kid. She's 14 years okay. old. So they weren't. He wasn't ancestral. He, these were his stepchildren. You're referring to. These are his stepchildren. Not that it makes it any better, but <clears throat> it doesn't. Okay. So yeah, as you mentioned, these are not incest cases. This is this is technically his stepchildren, but nonetheless, still fucked up. Nah, it's not she's, necessary. She's 15 years old and she's now pregnant with their first kid. Right. Gets worse. Over the See, next, I'm waiting for it. Over the next 16 years, Elizabeth, not Rose, has 10 more kids with Marcus. However, two his stepdaughter, his stepdaughter, has 10 kids. Has 10 with kids him. with him. And, it's, and the mom doesn't say shit. The mother doesn't say anything. The mother has their Marcus and Rose and Marcus have a son. Marcus and Elizabeth have 10 kids. Two of the 10 die. So they have officially eight children. Crazy. Meanwhile, mm. Rose. It's disturbing. It's very disturbing. <laughs> Rose, uh, Rose's oldest daughter, Rose Mary, was unable to care for her seven kids. So guess where those kids come and start start living with? Hey, I can, I, 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 I get it. Go ahead. Okay. So Rose already had six kids. Rosemary, her daughter, has seven. My math is horrible. That's what, 13? Yep. 13. And then <laughs> Rose and... Uh, Marcus have their first kid, so that's a total of fourteen kids. Fourteen kids are living are now living in this home. On top of that, the cousins of Elizabeth, Ruby Sanchez, and Sofina Solario come to live at the house now as well. So the house now grows from fourteen people to 16 people 
Okay. Total number, 16 people living in the house. Here are all of the children that were created by this man, Marcus West. Uh, Wesson. Sabrina, Serlanio, Kalani, Sedonia, Dorian, Illabella, Gypsy, Elizabeth, Avia, Avi, Adrian, Ethan, Java, uh, Mark, Markery, Jonathan, and, and Leslie, or Lise, Lise, L-I-S-E. That's just 15 kids. That's not including the parents and everything else. Okay. Before you keep, nobody outside the home and none of the families recognized there was a problem. This is where we're going to get into it. Because <clears throat> there is a big problem. People did notice a couple things, but people, they were kind of scared of, of this man. I mean, if you can't tell, this is, this, he seems like a pretty big guy, right? Fairly decent. Uh, not according to that fence post. No, he's no, he's no taller than five feet. So a like, little bit taller than five feet. This fence post, bro. So for those who are just listening, I have an image of Marcus being escorted by a, by a, a, a cop behind me on the uh, screen here. Now, the picture was taken at a downward angle. Marcus actually stood six foot five. He weighed up to 350 pounds. So now keep in mind, like I said earlier, this this big fucking dude had sex with a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, and produced 10 children. Now, I bet you're asking, why? Why the fuck would anyone let this happen? That's because... That and other things. <laughs> that's because he was the leader of what some call a vampire cult. He lives... a cult in general. This is a cult in general. And it only gets more fucked up. On the outside, this guy actually was very calm and collective. He was very quiet, didn't really say much. But on the inside, and you could tell by his eyes, he is a fucking demon. Things escalated really quickly. Living inside the home, or a home, because they were also homeless, they were, they, meaning the children and uh, Rose, the mother, were to refer to Marcus as either Lord or Master. Okay. He ruled with an iron spiked fist with with glass on it. Like this guy was brutal. Now keep in mind like I like I mentioned earlier his mother would beat him with an with an electrical cord if he got bible verses wrong. Beatings by this man were regular for any little thing. His son uh Sef Safar Safario Sef Serafio, oh, S E R A F I N O, Serafino. There we go. Serfino. Serfino. His son, one, at one time when he was about 10, 10, 10 years old, 10, got a scoop of peanut butter and ate it in front of him. Marcus was so pissed, he beat him with a two by four. 30 days he would beat him regu regularly for 20 minutes every day for 30 days and if he forgot guess who had to tell him and remind him hey it's time for my beating this dude was a fucking monster i'm telling you i'm 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 telling you right now this is not a heartfelt episode this is very disturbing on many levels but that's not it. Two by fours, electrical cords, much like much like his mother, even baseball bats. Remember at the old A stadium when they would give us those real thin little little mini baseball bats? I have one. Yep. He he would use those on his children as punishment for any little thing. If they spilt water, water, not a beer, not juice, not soda, water on the floor, which was linoleum tile. He could just wipe it up. He would beat them. What it's made for. <laughs> right. He would beat them with that bat. And 
just the icing on top, he would even beat them with a closed fist. Because nice. why why wouldn't he, right? Sure, why not? Sophina Solario, his niece and mother of their son, Jonathan. Now remember, this is his, I guess, niece by marriage. They had a son together also. Their son's name was Jonathan. They rem- She remembers him beating Jonathan at two months old because he wouldn't stop crying. So he beat him with a belt. So Sophina, his niece, baby mama, even was stabbed in the chest with a fork by Marcus when she tried stopping him one time. A fork. A fucking fork. Shit that you eat steak with. This dude stabbed her in the chest with a fork. You all right? You feeling good over there? No. No. <laughs> it's disturb. It's just, it just angers me. It's a fucked I mean, up story. It, it, I'm telling it you, it is. It just, but you know, me personally, I was not abused like that. But I do have family members that were my elders, that are my elders, that, or you know, unfortunately, disciplined that way. In that same and way, yeah, they disturbing. got stabbed with the fork. Not stabbed, but the. <clears throat> The punishments were always way too excessive. Mm. Always. But that's also, you also have to remember too, and, and this is no excuse. It's no, it's not like I'm uh, uh, accepting of it or anything like that, but it, it was a different time. Well, sick is sick. Sick is sick. But sick I mean, is sick. It doesn't matter the time. But nowadays, <clears throat> you can't even spank a kid. You, you know what I mean? I uh at and and I'm not trying to put this person's business on on blast and I'm not going to mention him by name, but there's a person that I know where in his custody um what's that called Co- custody document mm-hmm. one of the things that he cannot do cannot is spank his own child. It's his child. If she well, were to probably... do something wrong, he can't spank her. Well. That can go, that can be caught, be because of so many reasons. But this dude is just, yeah, it's disturbing. But go ahead. I'm, I'll listen. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Marcus also preached to the world, also preached that the world is full of sin and that he was here to protect everyone in it, including his children. The family of 16, 15 never had a home. But they moved around a lot. So like I said, they were homeless. For the for the first part of Rose and Marcus's relationship, they lived at her home. Eventually, he said, I don't want to live here no more. Let's go live in a tugboat. She said, where? He said, a tugboat. And she was like, okay, tugboat. They lived in a rusted out tugboat off of just out outside of the bay in um what is that mount uh, mountain view california so what ended up happening is that they had no no electricity they had no running water and only he can de- would only he can uh delegate who goes where and what they do the the family all by themselves were forced below deck so that nobody could see them. He didn't want anybody seeing his own kids, his own family. So they lived below deck of this already rusted out boat, which was kind of hanging on by a thread. Marcus was able, he was able to provide a roof over their heads after the boat, however. And this was in the form of a Salvation Army tent. Okay. They go from a rusted out boat to a Salvation Army tent. It's like on land though. On land. So that's that's always good. They're sleeping on cots. They got, you know, a roof over their head, but if they gotta go take a piss or a shit, there's a tree, there's a bush. Oh, outside. Just guess how long outside. they outside. Yeah, just outside. 
Guess how long they, they lived in the uh, tugboat for? Ten years. Two years. Very close, though. They lived in the tent for 12. All 16 of them. 12 years. Yeah. All right. Then he then then he made up for it with a a a Bronx Tale sort of looking bus. He moved everybody from a tent to a old 1978 school bus. Now, after after living inside the school bus, they would drive up and down the coast of California to basically almost like a truck. You go to truck stop to truck stop to sleep to go to the next point. So it's pretty much what, what they did. It was a very slow process. And then finally, after 12 years, Marcus was able to buy an old, worn-down office building. It was really more like two suites in Fresno, California. Now, I bet you're asking, well, how the fuck did this guy have enough money or whatever to get this place. I'll get I'll get to that in just a second. This little segment of the podcast, I would like to call Vampire Jesus. <laughs> this is where the uh vampire cult really comes in and shines. Now, would you be surprised if I said Marcus idolized someone that everyone and if if you don't know this name, by the way, I will be shocked. Not not you specifically, Dad, but everyone listening and or watching. Can you guess? I'll give you two guesses as to which cult leader Marcus idolized. Idolized, like put him next to God. Jim Jones. That's a good guess. Or? David Koresh. Ding, ding, ding. During the Waco siege of 1993 in Waco, Texas... Marcus would tell the family after buying this home and these little office spaces, he would sit there and tell the family, this man is just like me. He's making children for the Lord. This is something that we all need to be doing and spreading the, the love of the Lord to everybody in California. Now keep in mind, Koresh was also under investigation by the FBI for child abuse and statutory rape. So there's a little bit of that in common with them, huh? A little bit of crazy shit going on. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, right? And much like David Koresh, Marcus hated law enforcement. Actually, I'm thinking that we should probably do like a a, a Waco siege episode pretty soon. That'd be really good. Sure. So he hated law enforcement. To the point, he hated law enforcement so much. Marcus mandated, mandated a suicide pact. Jeez. So if, what? if anybody were to find out that he was fraudulent or that he was having sex with underage girls, then law enforcement finds out and they come to take him away. He made it, he made it very clear that no one was taking him his his wives his children away and so that they would have to kill themselves okay but wait how many wives it's his initial wife and then the the kid his stepdaughter that he remarried so he had two wives or did he had more it's coming up he had definitely had more he definitely had more from his own family or somebody outside the family just wait i can't i'm getting irritated i know now, mind control was something that, that this guy pretty much had. He, Like I said, he was very calm on the outside. But his eyes, the way he spoke, everything that he did, he would manipulate them very, very, very easily. If he said jump 12 feet, if he said jump 12 feet in the air, they'd do it. It, it wasn't the case of jump and they ask how high. He said do this, they do it, regardless of what it was. He had so much mind control over not just the women, but the kids as well. But the girls were not able to talk to any man, 
whether it was a boy or a man outside of their home. They were to walk behind Marcus at six feet. If there were any more or any less, he would beat them when they got home. He would not say anything to them in public, and they were not permitted to speak in public, even if he spoke to them. <laughs> Which makes me laugh, because can you imagine if some old high school bully saw him and like, fucking Marcus, and just beat the shit out of Marcus? <laughs> and, they, and he gets up after getting his ass whooped, and he's like, how come you guys didn't do anything? Well, you're not supposed to talk in public. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> our ruler. Did it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> fucking dipshit. Ah, uh, uh, so daddy got his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Now, Marcus, this is this is very uh, this is very disturbing. Also, Marcus feared that his sons, because he had he had three of them, all by um, uh, Rose. His, the, the woman that he met when he was when he just got out of the army he feared he feared like like a, 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 a like a phobia that his sons would become gay if they spent too much time with their family members the boy family members specifically saying so this guy was definitely homophobe oh, if he's not homophobe homo itself. Yeah, homophobic. Uh, he could easily been uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, homosexual as well. He's already a pedophile. Dude he was said he up. liked. Yeah, his daddy. His dad probably raped him. I wouldn't be surprised. Or diddled him. <clears throat> <laughs> that sounds terrible. No, it is terrible. But there's motherfuckers out there that are like that. Now, this is, like I said, this is where the vampire Jesus comes in. This man had written his own Bible. He also claimed himself, much like David Koresh, to be a prophet. So, when he wrote this Bible, he would have four-hour-long Bible studies. Four hours. I don't give a shit what you do, whether it's construction whether it's uh, a surgeon, uh, fuck, dude, you can you can be cleaning toilets. Anything for four hours is a long fucking time. And to sit there and have a guy ruling over you for four hours, sit standing there making sure that you get these Bible verses correctly, or else he's gonna beat the shit out of you, is terrifying. And that's exactly what he did. He would beat the he would beat the women and the and the children if they got the Bible verses mixed up and or wrong. So what he ended up doing is he taught his family how to read so that it wouldn't be so strenuous on them. They were to read on their knees on almost like uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bl like uh, Muslims, how they get the the uh, little carpet or that little rug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they were to have pillows underneath their knees, and they would sit on their knees and read the Bible like this. Their arms would be perched up. They can't have it sitting on something; they'd be holding it right in right in in front of them while he would walk in between everyone, making sure that like this dude would go take a nap and come back. And like they would still be reading. Dude was fucking twisted. A little bit. A little bit. His Bible, what this is a very confusing name, by the way. This was his Bible name. In the Night of the Light for the Dark by Marcus Wesson. He claimed that this was to keep your soul pure, and it will and reading this book will have you welcomed into the gates of heaven. Another part of his Bible was that they had to drink each other's blood. <sighs> they drank each other's blood. Okay. Mm. And they drank his blood because like David Koresh, he was a prophet. He was the Messiah or something like that. 
So he thought. <laughs> so he thought. Now, he had a very tight grip on their reality uh, to the point where, like I said, he if he said jump 12 feet, you, you did it. It was really fucked up the way that he had them all pretty much brainwashed. The dude wouldn't scratch his own armpit. He wouldn't scratch. He wouldn't scratch his own balls. He, He'd have one of the kids do it. Yes. So before I go any further, I, let me know what are you thinking about? What's going? What what wheels I are? Just, <clears throat> dude like that makes me sick. It, it's it really they really do it's unfortunate you know I, i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i don't know anybody who's that extreme and that fucked up but i know of a few people older than me that were very similar to this they're just twisted individuals they and had they, it, they had done things like this similar somewhat um, lightly hopefully lightly not as um bad. lightly but they um they, they were just insane. twisted fucking individuals. Individuals. They just they were so insecure, and they probably had shit done to them. But yeah, I've I've known a few people, a couple that were uh, unfortunately thought just like this guy. Not a not as having a cult or a religion. Definitely pedophile. Definitely. Re- uh, Someone, not anybody that I would, that I haven't thought about in a while to this, till you start bringing this shit up. But yeah, it's disturbing. Jesus. Well, sorry for that. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> didn't mean but that's it. my life, not yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, not as easy though. No. Right. Sorry. I mean, it is what it is. It's like you said, it's a different time. Yeah. But even though, even to say that, that's, that's a cop out. I mean, a sick individual, a sick individual. The, the, the process is passed down from generation well, to generation. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, so, and I don't mean this like it's a different time, so it's more acceptable. I mean, there is somewhat of a gray area there. And I say that because, an example, right? Way back in, in the Roman days. Now, this obviously is through text. It's through books we weren't around to see this but alexander the great right it was very common for people within his time to have sex with other men to have relationships with other men oh it's no it's common today for that to happen they're they're called homosexuals they they have their lifestyle there's nothing against that no there's not but what i'm saying is they didn't see anything wrong with it then and it even continued with with from what I've read, and and if I'm wrong, I would really hope somebody would correct me. To boys, teenagers. Well, that's abuse. That's physical abuse. That, but, but again, that is yeah. I watch Gladiator. Gladiator has all the innuendos of that. The yep. emperors had boy toys. Yep. Yep. Spartacus. Half of the Spartacus series were men with men, but that's just because they were enslaved. They were prison. So. You know the feeling they're gonna have. Well, someone who's gonna get it, literally. So, <laughs> so my, my, I mean, I get what you're saying, but you know, we're the 21st century. Shit like that should have been. That shouldn't be an excuse to say, well, they did it back then. Well, you know what? We have cars that fly almost. Back then, you guys didn't have fucking running water. You, me you guys had people yeah. wiping your ass. Here, you wipe your own. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I don't even think we should be wiping our ass. A bidet should be put in every house, personally. The emperor, the well, I don't know about the, I'm saying the emperors used to sit in their in their facilities, and their slaves would be in the cubby hole in the back, and they would wipe their ass. Did you know that? I learned thing something new today. No, they would literally go into like an outhouse, like a, a trough, like your a pissing trough, right? And there would be seats just like a cutout of a toilet, and the slaves would be in the backside waiting for them to fucking shit, and they would wipe their ass. They didn't have so basically they're, they didn't no, have they had their cloth. Yeah, 
They had their cloth and then they had their water. Oh. And that's just oh. in the Roman time. I that's can you imagine before sick. that. No, uh, well. I, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd much rather not. I'm not a big fan of poop sometimes. <laughs> uh, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, how did he make all his money? Well, no surprise with this. He was on government benefits. He played the part. He was disabled, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So got that disability check. He was a mm-hmm. veteran. Got that veteran mm-hmm. check. And on top mm-hmm. of that, he was on welfare. Mm. For 16 kids. For 16 kids. So That's a lot of food stamps. A lot of food stamps. But did any of that <laughs> go to the women and children? Never. Look at the size of that fucking dude. Look at that guy. Yeah. Three, 350 pounds. He had a lot of government cheese that was the size of this fucking can. Oh, no. Government cheese was bigger than that, dude. I used to hand that shit out. Government (laughs) cheese was 18 inches long, four inches square. That was government cheese in a box. That's insane. I'm four inches shy. That's crazy. In a box. (laughs) I'm serious. Nobody got that joke? (laughs) No, I got it. You're lying. You're Mexican. That's true. (laughs) I am four inches. (laughs) (laughs) Cuatro. But seriously, uh, that, that I used to hand that shit out by the, really? by the pallet. Well, my grandma Rosie in Jingle Towns, where I'm from, that was our food drive. No shit. Government cheese, best butter in the fucking world. The butter cubes were like two inches thick, four inches wide, and about eight inches long. A solid butter. No shit. MRE style mashed potatoes, MRE style food. Powdered milk, peanut butter jars that were probably six to eight inches tall. They're like this big? Yeah, but thick. Imagine a big jiffy peanut butter jar. And all it said was peanut butter in in a white label. No, I'm serious. We used to hand this shit out almost weekly. You can ask any of my cousins, your older cousins. Yeah. Ask them all. Anyone, and they will Damn. tell you what we used to hand out and what we all used to have. We all would, I mean, because of the dona- the donation the state had gave the church so much that my grandmother, we would feed the neighborhood and we would have shit that we would give extra. I mean, mind you, there were there were you had to sign document, you had to tell who you were, you had to give your address, so the notification, so the. So the government knew where what thing was where shit was going, how much of an allotment to give to this sector or to this to this church. Well, Grandma Rosie, my grandmother, your great grandmother, she was no joke. She got it, Christina. Yeah, Christina, yep. I love you, and there's no no disrespect to anybody, but the way you are is a lot like our grandmother and I praise you and I hope you <laughs> cut this and send it to her because she is a lot like her. She thinks like her. She's mean like her, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but she has a drive. She's definitely out to help people. She's yeah. a very oh, that's right. person. She also made yeah. that, that that baby washer. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson yeah. picked up. Yeah, all shout my out, cousins. All shout out cousin Christina. You're a fucking yeah. kick ass man. Lo- love yeah. you. Love you. Yeah. So no, she's a lot. She's she definitely followed in those footsteps as far as giving back to the community well christine say, she gives back to a whole did you say what? followed or fondled fondled followed okay. followed in those steps as far as a, a nurturer she's a giver by yeah. heart yeah you know yeah she just like her and she was a baby when grandma was around so i don't know if she remembered a lot of the stuff but mm-hmm. a lot of the characteristics i see in her is just something that she you know by default she generated because of grandma rosie yeah but again you know hats off i praise her and i love her a lot but yeah no we used to have cheese coming out of our ass that's sick this was our meal whenever you hear cousin juan i know we're off the subject about this dickhead (laughs) but whenever you hear juan talk about government cheese and quesadillas yep yep this shit made the best it melted like velveta Oh, but it wasn't nasty like Velveeta. This shit was 100% cheese. Really? 
Oh, dude. I'm telling dude, imagine a block of cheese like that, that long. And bologna. Sometimes we'd get bologna. You ever seen a chub of bologna? A chub? A chub of bologna. A chub bologna. Yeah. <laughs> a chub of bologna, like the size of this ball and about two feet long. Oh, yeah, there was some good fried sandwiches. <laughs> Tell me, dude. Yeah. But anyway, back to the topic at hand. Is this dickhead? Yeah, this Vampire Fresno. Go ahead. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So this guy, as I mentioned, uh, he was on welfare. So he was getting a lot mm -hmm. of government help. Now, as I also mentioned, he had 10 kids with Elizabeth alone. He had a son with Rose. He had another son with her niece, technically his niece by marriage. Uh, he also had, and this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets real weird. Like I said, he had 10 kids with Elizabeth. He had a kid with, uh, who's... It was Ruby and the other one. I can't think of her name at the moment because I just lost it. But the other niece, they had their own kid. Marcus, as you mentioned before, or as you asked before, he said, was this incestual? At the time, it wasn't. Eventually, it did. He ended up having three kids... With uh, Ruby, he had, had his own daughter. His own, his own daughter. He had three kids with her, so they were his daughter granddaughters. Those kids that he eventually killed, as I mentioned, were his children grandchildren. His niece by marriage was Ruby, and at the age of thirteen, gave birth thirteen. At the age of 13, gave birth to two of his children, grandchildren. Marcus would be 44 at this time. Illabella, one of Marcus's and Ruby's kids, he would molest at the age of nine before being, before he taught, quote unquote, taught her how to perform oral sex. Finally, at age 22, this is years later, Ruby and her sister, Sophina, escaped this cult. The pair, after a few weeks, made a plan. Now, keep in mind, they were these, these women, these girls, they were able to go out, have regular jobs, and go make money in X, Y, and Z. But they couldn't talk to anybody there other than who they had to talk to. Like, if it was a manager, they had to talk to them. They would make money and bring the money back. So after after a while, they were like, you know what? Fuck this. We're getting out of here. Can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. Now, remember the the two month old Jonathan? He's now the seven. Yeah, he's now seven years old. After making this plan, Ruby and her sister Sophina escape. They kind of just walk out the door, but they say escaped in multiple reports. And now on that day of March 12th, 2004, the sisters, Sophia and Ruby, returned to Fresno to the Fresno home because they feared for the children there. Now, a lot of the neighbors would report there was a massive amount of people there ranging from ages uh, tw early 20s to, to early 30s these were the people that they worked with these are the people that they knew Marcus was still impregnating the children and beating them while they were trying to get all of their all of these other kids out but like I said before he brainwashed a, a lot of them he they saw him as their lord as their master <laughs> You all right? Yeah, I'm just listening. Go ahead. <laughs> now, according to uh, some of the witnesses, when Ruby came to the house, Marcus stood in front of the threshold of the door 
and she yelled at the top of her lungs, I came to get my son, give me my son back. I'm sorry, so Sophina said that, not Ruby. She then ran past Marcus. He she forced her way past Marcus, grabbed her son, and was making her way back out towards the door. Ruby was still waiting outside. According to reports, Ruby saw Sophina walking towards the door when Elizabeth, the eight-year-old girl that he first molested, threw a right cross and punched Sophina in the face. Knocked her down to the floor. Yeah. Knocked her down to the floor, picked up Jonathan, the little boy, and walked to to, to Marcus's bedroom. Sabrina, that that was uh, one of the, and then one of the oldest daughters, Sabrina Wesson, yelled from inside of the home, you two are nothing but a pair of whores and two stuck up bitches. She then yelled, you need to bow to your master now. This is also coming from reports from witnesses that saw everything happen. Neighbors, neighbors called the cops cop showed up fresno officer elroy escarnino stated that marcus was unpleasantly calm calm during the entire situation after going back and forth for almost a half an hour with it's pretty much a standoff both ruby and and um keep forgetting her name sofina are standing outside of the home and they're saying, we want our kids to bring our kids back, but nobody's making their way in. She already got clocked in the face, so she left. She wanted her kids. She's yelling at the top of her lungs, bring me my kid, bring me my kid. Marcus is standing in the door the entire time. Police are saying, this is where that police custody, or where they thought police custody was needed, or ch- child custody was needed. And it, it obviously turned out to something more. After about a half hour, like I said, Marcus turned into the home, closed the door. About an hour later, over an hour later, negotiations and SWAT team, negotiation teams and SWAT teams were able to speak with him, with Marcus, through the windows. But he was he was refusing to, to come out. He was holding the children in the home and refused for any one of them, including himself, to, to leave. And then... Much like his idol, David Koresh, at around 3.30 p.m., four gunshots rang out. Now, there were nine kids in the home. There were nine people in the home. But you only heard four. You would expect nine shots. Not if it was, they went through the kids. They're not very thick. (laughs) That's exactly what he did. Lined them up. He literally lined them up, put the gun to eat to one head, pulled the pulled the trigger. He lined them up in four rows. Like I said, the ages <clears throat> ranged from one to twenty five years old. With no emotion and not speaking, Marcus then opened the front door, exited the home, and was literally covered in blood, head to toe. Oh, he thought he was special not to shoot himself yeah he's the messiah remember he had no i don't remember actually the story is just it's killing me dude he had a ruger mk2 22 caliber handgun he placed the gun at the front of each victim's eyeball not held it at a distance he pressed it up against their face and then pulled the trigger. The oldest so it bounced was, around like a ping pong ball. Yes, the old the oldest victim was is as fucked up to say was his one of his first lovers Elizabeth. The eight year old that he molested, the youngest was her daughter. The youngest was her daughter, Sedona. At one at one year old. Finally, on June seventeenth, June seventeenth, two thousand and five, Marcus was convicted of nine counts of first degree murder and fourteen counts of rape and molestation 
on seven of his daughters and nieces. He is currently serving death row in San Quentin prison. He's still alive. Still alive. So they haven't, they just, it's been 16 years, six, 17 years, and they decided to keep his ass alive still. Yep. Where's his wife? She, unfortunately, uh, was alive during all of this, but she also left. She just left. She's just in hiding. Yeah, she left. I don't blame her. No one knows where where she is. Get rid of that. It's probably the best. And this dude's still in San Quentin now. Still in San Quentin now. Hopefully, he has coronavirus. Hopefully, he's just fucking dead. Yeah, hopefully. So that was the vampire cult of Marcus Wesson. I told you this this episode was not going to be a heartfelt, easy one to do. No, it's it's quite disturbing. It's just it's you know, there's people like that, unfortunately. They're sick for a reason. Yeah. It it's not that it's not like they were born with it. It was passed on. So his daddy, can you imagine what his daddy went through? No. 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 Not even. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 39 of Botox with Big Jim podcast. And uh, next week will hopefully be funner. <laughs> I, I may it better be. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, a drinking I, show. Or I something. told you. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that. Peace out, everybody. I hope everybody uh, hopefully, you know, some on some level of some spectrum level enjoyed it enjoyed the story um this is a fucked up one and what's even crazier when i found out about this guy i didn't do research of like oh crazy cult person in california i was at my day job and i happen to hear people who i work with talk about oh do you know about um ed kemper do you know about they're talking about serial killers so i'm like oh my ears perked up and and I and actually at the time, I was listening to Amanda and Cassidy talking about uh, Israel Keys. That guy's fucked up too. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, "Have you heard about this guy?" And they said, "No." And then someone said, "Have you ever heard of Marcus Wesson?" And said, "No, I've never even remotely heard of that guy." This guy's son is still alive. They're all, all of them, some of them are still alive. The ones alive. he had and shot are still alive. Correct. The guy that I work with goes to the gym with his son. And how is his son? He said he's fairly normal. He just, he, he, he knows that people know the story and he doesn't want people reflecting what he did to his son. That's a stigmata. He's never going to outrun that. Unfortunately, no, ever. And what's even crazier? <clears throat> actually, you know what? I'll pull it up right now. I'll show you what his kids look like, what his son looks like. But they do look just like this guy. It's fucking crazy. And it's and they crazy. Got families. Uh, some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah. But it's just insane. So this is the son right here. Let me see. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Ironically, guess what his son ended up be- becoming? A priest. No, actually, that's not that bad. No, he is actually, and I'll pull it up right here. I'll share the screen. He is actually a police officer. That's his son right here. You see him? Yeah, I see him. Yep, that's his son crazy right who were those women those were those are his his daughters slash granddaughters the, the ones he didn't kill yeah actually i'll pull that up also I'll, I'll also be posting this on instagram as well you sure you want to put their faces on blast like that dude it's it's already been in the news and everything <sighs> look these are his three boys right here That's them mm-hmm. living in the tent right there. Look at this dude's fucking eyes. Tell me that guy's not creepy. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
So that was episode 39, the Marcus Wesson Vampire Cult of Fresno, California. Like I said, I hope everybody enjoyed it to some certain extent. This wasn't a heartfelt one. It was a pretty fucked up one. I understand that. And uh, next week will be a little uh, better. (laughs) I'd rather watch disabled porn or something than go through this fucking type of story. (laughs) Sorry. Petraeus porn. Petraeus porn. (laughs) Well, everybody, uh, I hope... Everyone can uh, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know it's annoying. Actually, hold on. Actually, I will do that in our intro. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. Go check out our YouTube page and uh, hit hit that subscribe button as well as the notification bell. So every time we post a video, a new episode, you will be notified. With that being said, Everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. Happy Wednesday. Talk to you later. Peace. Good night. Mm.